Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Our guests this morning are Rianne and Matt Kinch, co-owners of the fitness studio The Sweat Lab. Matt played in the WHL and pro hockey for 12 years before he and Rianne settled in Calgary and opened The Sweat Lab eight years ago. Rianne helps people of all ages understand the importance of proper nutrition. And my hope, it includes red wine, coffee, and a big Shabbat dinner, uh, because otherwise I can't live. In addition to the sweat lab, Rianne and Matt both work with young athletes to help them develop a holistic awareness about health, sharpen their skills, and prevent injury. Good morning, Rianne. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Good morning, Tara. Good morning. That's a big list. You have a big list of accomplishments in what you're doing. So for those who in Calgary who have not heard of the Sweat Lab, let us know what is that studio? What's it all about? What kind of classes do you have there? Is there someone in Calgary that didn't hear about the Sweat Lab? <laughs> there might be one under a rock somewhere. So we are a multi-use studio. So we have a variety of different classes from bar, spin, Pilates, circuit, and yoga. Um, we do blend the classes as well in the format of what we call a hybrid. So you may do a half and half style class um, where it's a spin bar or a spin yoga, spin circuit type class. And, you know, we see in the world that you have a lot, especially I'm in downtown, we see all those big, big, big whales that are trying to conquer the world. And you guys have your own kind of uh, studio. How do you compete with the big, big whales? How does a privately owned studio compete with the big whales? Well, yeah, I think we're not. That's not our angle. I think we're trying to be more of like the, the tight knit group where everyone comes in and we know each other's names. We know whether that their kids are doing, clients' kids or what they're up to or where they're traveling. Uh, we keep tabs on everybody. And we try to make it as personal as we can. And uh, um, through, through our instructors and our staff, they do a great job with that. Full so, disclosure. Full disclosure now. <laughs> so uh, Tara is... Um, Tara and I met four years ago when Tara kicked my butt on the bike at the sweat lab. Tara is my spin instructor still today. Um, and we talk about it from time to time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we love the, spin, the, the sweat lab. Uh, my wife and I we are members and, and we love being there because it's a, really a family feel that what we see there. But let's go now talk about a little bit uh, about what I called recently the queen of Instagram known as also Rianne Kinch because I, I follow you on Instagram and, and I have to ask you a question. You know, I see all the nutrition advice you give to ladies. What about the fat CEOs that travel <laughs> and work 14 hours and, you know, we grab food here and there. How do we get to look like Matt? Yeah. <laughs> I do have a few CEOs that are like you, David. So, fat? No. <laughs> you are not fat. Yeah, I think it's preparation. So it's, you know, learning the foundation of nutrition and always being prepared even when you're on the road. And then, you know, a lot of times I'll set them up with um, if I know where they're going to eat or I know which restaurants are going to be at, we scale and we pick certain items that are healthier for them. Um, and then, of course, like you said, there's always room for wine and all the good stuff, too. You can't completely knock that out. 
Actually, I, I would like to follow up on that perspective because, so this is a spinoff business uh, that you have focusing on nutrition and holistic health outside of the sweat lab. But um, teenage girls, this is something you and I talk about a lot. And maybe yeah. it's probably not limited to girls. I, I assume boys are going through the same thing. I All of the pressure from social media to look a certain way, they get all sorts of nutritional tips of the day from TikTok on, you know, what they need to do to lose a quick 10 pounds or five pounds. How do you suggest parents deal with talking to their teens about nutrition? Yeah, I think it's... um Most often I start with the science of nutrition with kids, but in simple terms. And I find that that has been really eye-opening for them. So when they understand how their own body works and they understand what food is doing to them, they can't really unknow that information. And I find that though that's almost like a stepping stone for them to begin. And nothing will ever be perfect. Um, I've worked with lots of kids. You know, they fall off and on multiple times. And I just keep reminding them that that's perfectly normal and okay. And none of us are perfect. Um, And that is also just just life. You don't always have to eat 100%. But I think once you learn the foundation and you know what's going to make you healthy, it's um, a really good start. I, I can't remember where I read it many years ago that it takes about 90 days to get to a new kind of way of life. Uh, do you mm-hmm. see that uh, happening? I do, do you I see do. that? And how how often do you see people fall in day nine? Yeah, <laughs> day nine, for sure. They they fall off, <laughs> off the train a few times, but you, you're bang on with the and 90 days. So the three month mark I find is when they really start to get into habit. Um, you will get clients that, you know, get into week two and they're like, well, this just isn't working for me. But then you, they have to ask themselves, are they actually showing up the way they're supposed to? Um, so it's, yeah, it's a lot of just support and coaching and um, reassuring them that it's okay to fall off, but get right back on. I want to go back to, Matt, something that you were talking about with how the sweat lab is different, where it's a small community feel. And I know I feel that. Uh, Tell us about the culture and how you manage to create a culture with a small business that um, feeds into that community feeling and the family feeling. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think when you first open up, you gotta. You're trying to just get things going, and it takes time to feel to figure out what you really are standing for. I think that was always the big picture. And some people, I think, whether it would be staff or even um, the feeling of a client coming in, you wanted to make sure they felt comfortable, and we want to make sure that they're there for the right reasons. A lot of our instructors, it's not their full time job. This is something that they're coming in to do because they love to do it. And if they can kind of get their heads wrapped around that, you know, you're teaching a spin class and you're not, that's, that's what it is. I mean, you got to perform, you got to be at your best, like any job. But I think that is the biggest key to kind of making people realize that why they want to be there and us continuing to support that. And I think we've kind of ironed out, there's always going to, on any team, you're always going to have a couple that are ruffle the feathers, like any pro hockey team that I played on or any team that you're part of, you're always going to have. Uh, that person, but it's how we, you know, how we include them, how we get the best out of each person when, when they're in that space at that time. Um, Matt, we're just coming back out of COVID. Like it took two years um, and um, probably we'll have to live with COVID. How does a small business or mid-sized business comes out of COVID and go, look forward to working with COVID beside us? 
Yeah, I think it was, I mean, geez, and, and fitness, any fitness person or maybe restaurant can business can really relate. It was a lot of stopping and starting. Um, when you have a great client base that we had to begin with, um, it was really, you know, to people like to the Rand's point, in the 90 days, people were starting to get into different habits. Some people are moving away. Some people are coming back. Um, just really um, appreciating the fact that we have a loyal clientele base that supported us. And we're slowly starting to see some new people and some older people that hadn't been before COVID. Like we're getting every scenario right now. So <laughs> we're just really learning as we go and feeling optimistic and very lucky that a lot of our staff stuck with us um, and wanted to come back because that's not easy to train a new Tara or a new spin or bar or yoga teacher. Um, and that familiarity for people to come back to knowing I'm coming back to my favorite instructor's classes always really been very, very, very helpful in this uh, transition period. Did, did you lose some clients because of fear of uh, th their fear of being uh, in, in public? I think we've had like every scenario, losing them, maybe uh, fear, maybe different routines, moving, they've gotten a job, um, like you name it, we've kind of seen every part of it. And I think as a business, you know, we're very in tune to, to, our, to our point that we talked at, you know, we not want to know everyone. We want to know what they're doing. So it's really tough when you see some people don't come back and you're thinking, you're thinking it's you, but it's not you. It's a situation. You can't take it personally. Um, and then you have other people that we never thought would be coming back. And they're like right there at the door when <laughs> the first time we got to unlock it to allow people back in. So, um, he's yeah. talking about me now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <no>. yeah. <laughs> you were banging down the door. Let's yeah. go. So, I mean, yeah, it's been a, um, it's been a ride for everyone and we've seen a lot of it and, um, nice that we can, can continue to move on and, and slowly see more people more comfortable coming back. A lot of people who bought the Peloton and got into that Peloton craze and they started to come back and they're like, Oh Yeah. Being in a room full of people and getting that energy is just totally different. So that's nice to be seeing those people coming back to you. Sure. Right? Our guests this morning are Rianne and Matt Kinch, co-owners of The Sweat Lab, and we have to take a short commercial break. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Our guests this morning are Rianne and Matt Kinch, co-owners of The Sweat Lab. So, Rianne, I want to go back to the nutrition thing because, um, you know, as you can see, I have a problem with that. What will be your first advice to someone like me that, you know, not a teenager anymore, um, even though I look like that, uh, but, you know, work as a CEO, busy 14 hours a day, travel a lot. What will be the first, what will be the first steps for me and my peers to take to try and look like Matt? <laughs> I think um, it's baby steps. I always tell the client that. So it's not an all or nothing. I would say start with one meal a day so that you're not overwhelmed because I find... What, to eat one meal a day or to have a one meal a day? Is not He's panicking yeah. now. Yeah, you're panicking. Um, no, you're going to start focusing on one meal a day. Okay. So, for example, you're just going to start with your breakfast and you're going to really hammer on yourself with the nutrients that are in your breakfast. 
And then you're going to move to your lunch and you're slowly going to add and create new habits. It's really a change of habits. It can't happen overnight, right? So I think it's starting slow, little things like just removing sugar. That's a great place to start because that seems to be a major issue for a lot of people. And it's crazy what that can do to the mind and to the body. Um, So maybe for you, David, maybe that's where you start. Maybe a little less wine. I did. Uh, I did remove sugar in 1982. By the way, it's it's the other stuff that I eat. But I, I, I another question because you know the first thing we do the the big people, not fat, okay, Tara, <laughs> is we go and start training. What is the actual relationship between losing weight to first? Training versus eating habits. Yeah, so diet, I would say, is 85 to 90% of it. You can train as hard as you want, but if you're not nourishing yourself with the proper macronutrients, then you you won't see anything change. Well, I won't say what any, does that anything. term mean, macronutrients? Because you hear macros, micros, yeah. macros all over the place. What does that mean? Yeah, so it's your carbohydrates, your fat, and your protein. So the amount of each that you're getting. The in ratios? Meal, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Matt, you are um, also coaching, doing some off-ice training with young athletes. Um, I guess any kind of athlete you could work with, um, but obviously you've got that hockey knowledge in place. So what would you say a lot of the the seasons are ending right now before they head full on into spring, or maybe some seasons are just starting depending on what sport they're in. What do you do for um, off-season training to get prepped for the next what's the best thing to do well geez I mean when we played hockey it was like kind of you did have a break now these kids are going pretty full year round and like they're Mm -hmm. into spring hockey so the groups that I kind of been working with really had a two two week break and uh, we just saw a group of them here the last couple days and they're back in so um, yeah it's a different way of life it's trying to find balance I know some parents are trying to find the balance between spring sports and spring hockey mm-hmm. and, and really uh, I know big believer of making sure your kids cross train and and that's maybe cross sports you know at the end of the day I always was telling my kids that I want my kids to be able to ride a bike throw a ball swim you know those type of things and if you're focused in on one thing I think that can get away from it but the training perspective has been a lot of fun we do a lot of different ages I think it really took off over COVID we were starting to see some um, older kids that were going off to you know junior hockey and college that were coming in that needed that supplement and working with kids and and we know that they're going to be at the big places lifting the big weights um, you know that we're maybe training more towards our core strength and Rand does a really good job and works with a lot of athletes with that mm-hmm. um, and those that's where we're trying to see the benefit to the, the kids the stuff that maybe gets missed that when I went through it that's uh, important to help them out with. Actually, let's talk a little bit more about that because I was really interested. I was talking to some of uh, one of my daughters. She's 19. She's got friends who are continuing on in hockey and doing very well. They had taken one of your classes, Rayanne. They were doing the bar and uh, I don't know, something that was specific about working little muscles in their hips and and glutes that they'd never felt before. Tell us about the importance of, of that part of activity. So it's kind of similar to the nutrition aspect. It's, you know, the foundation. So without a solid core foundation, you will never properly be able to function and move your limbs without pain. Um, So we're seeing in really young kids um, and preteens and then all the way up to, you know, 18 before they go into pro, they're having a ton of hip shoulder injuries, all the joints. 
Um, so we real, really dial back and go back to the basics of things and teach them how to properly trigger their core um, and their glute muscles and all the foundational pieces so that when they go, you know, for a hockey player, when they go to take their stride, what muscle are they really firing? And then from there, they start to see a change in their speed and their strength. And it's been super amazing to see the change in some of these kids. Do you know what the great one used to do during off season? You're all Canadians. I'm the only non-Canadian here. <laughs> the great one used to take um, ice dancing or whatever. Figure skating? Figure skating. We're talking about Gretzky here. Yeah, because yeah. that's helped him in his moves when he was playing. Yeah, and ballet. So, right. Matt, I see you coaching figure skating in the near future. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, that was my mom. She was, that was my background. That's probably why I was a pretty fluid skater back in the day. I, I didn't uh, bring that element to my kids, so I maybe blame Ran on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can all pull. Cool. <laughs> I don't thing, know, I ended up in the Kinch family. <laughs> skaters. One thing that's really evident about spending any time with you two is how tight you are. You, you really have a, a beautiful relationship that is fun to see. Um, and you work together 24 hours a day. Yeah. How do you make it work? You still like each other. Yeah. I, uh, I always tell people when they ask that question, we definitely stay in our lane. So we have our roles and we just, we don't step over those roles. So what are the roles in, in terms of business? What are the roles? Yeah. So I'm program director. So I do most of the work with, um, the staff that way on the choreography side of things. And Matt kind of runs the, I mean, the ship. Like, yeah. I don't know the ship, but I'm more no, kind of like the scheduler and trying to keep everyone organized and making sure we have staff when we need staff, if people are going away and I get to deal with all the fun book stuff at the back. So um, yeah, I think Rand said it right. If we kind of learned how to stay in our way, like stay in our own lanes and um, I found a way to make it work at, We, you know, we take maybe a few and months nobody, to figure it out. But. Nobody, compla nobody complains in the kitchen on the kitchen table. Well, yeah, there's roles at home too, and luckily I'm not that role. But um, I got yeah. I got some fun ones too that I get to deal with at the house. So, so going back to the sweat lab, and and we we like to support the the local uh, economy and the local business in on our show, and. Uh, Two years ago, the most common phrase before we got to Zoom fatigue was support local. How do we or can support you and how can, what is the future for uh, Sweat Lab now that we are kind of, everybody almost is back to normal? Mm -hmm. Any big plans, any ideas, any changes? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, anytime we can get people in, we, you know, we've done a lot of group privates, which is a good way. I think fitness is always a little bit more receptive when you bring a friend or you know someone out of space that's really helpful to come to a scenario that's new. I think um, we take a lot of pride to make sure that everyone feels accepted when they come in. doesn't matter age, size, you know, all those type of things. Jenny was talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> talking at you. I was looking at you. I wouldn't know if I was talking. Yeah, but, you know, those are really important things. We want everyone to feel comfortable. And I and never get any frustrated the first time. Men are always quite comical coming into the space. Um, they, they get, you know, ready first class. They feel like they should be just so good at it. And they're watching some of these ladies and they've been doing just this for a couple of years and they're yeah. crushing <laughs> it. So, um, you know, I think just being very patient with yourself, getting into a couple opportunities to come in. Um, it's a great field, like to your guys' point, with great people like yourself that um, allow that to happen. And, and 
um, anybody that's interested can always reach out to us. So we have about 70 seconds and I know the 30 days challenge is coming. Can you elaborate a little bit and invite people to take part of the challenge? Yeah, you know, we used to do 30 day challenges as amount of classes you could do. And then we thought, you know, that's not, that's not the point behind it. We want people to be active for 30 days. So our 30 day challenge is going to start right after uh, May long weekend. Um, our challenge is, yes, there'll be classes we were going to try to tell you to do, maybe getting out of your comfort zone and not always going to spin. We're going to maybe challenge you to go to a bar class or a yoga class. And within that, have um, just lifestyle challenges as well. Maybe it's drinking a couple of liters of water a day or going for a walk or seeing a sunrise or, you know, taking a few hours to turn off your phone. So we try to incorporate that. And once you complete your ballot, we'll have a draw box at the front and we have some great community partners that we've been able to local community partners that we've been able to align with that are always so supportive and donating gift cards. And we just randomly draw opposed to doing 120 classes in 30 days. I mean, we've kind of gotten away from that mentality. <laughs> but David, you're coming to bar class. <laughs> That's we'll what I heard. We'll talk, yeah. we'll talk about it off. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think, and for those of you who want to try the spin, you can come on a Saturday morning and watch David rocking out in the front row. Like I'm talking head pounding up and down like crazy. So pretty fun. Um, Rat, rat, Rayanne and Matt Kinch from Sweat Lab. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges.